Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the show. Great to have you along. And today I'm really looking forward to talking with Joe Kitson. Joe is the founder and CEO of a very cool company called Kitson Human Capital Solutions. And Kitson HCS focuses on serving private equity, venture capital, and other investor-backed companies seeking exponential growth via you know, excellence in managing the people. So it's a brilliant area to be in, and obviously there's a lot to be done. But firstly, Joe, thank you very much for joining me today. Ben, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Excellent. So yeah, Joe, I know you cover talent management, fractional CPO, fractional CHRO, and much more, but perhaps I could just throw it to you and, and ask you to describe how does Kits and HCS help the private equity and VC and other investor-backed companies in terms of their people management? Sure. So our organization specializes in getting down into the weeds with investment houses when they are getting into the diligence process typically deeper into the process with a potential suitor that they're looking to bring on board. So we take a hard look at the cultures of the two entities, certainly the talent and whether the partnership, the acquisition makes sense ultimately for the buyer and just provide a much more robust and comprehensive analysis of the two organizations, why the fit might work, why it might not. And, you know, it's certainly a habit with these investment firms of getting laser focused on the financials and not necessarily looking at the people fit, the talent fit between mm -hmm. the two groups. And that's where we really insert ourselves to make sure that the match is a good one. And then certainly provide help and resources, you know, following the closing process to ensure that the integration goes smoothly and the combined units, if you will, get off to a proper start. Yeah. I'm not from the private equity world, the VC world. So I've watched Wall Street and that's pretty much as far as it goes. Does a private equity or a VC firm care once the deal is done? As in once they've bought two firms and merged them together or taken over a different company, do they actually care about the integration? So in my experience, Ben, and I've been involved in $2 billion transactions. I've been involved in deals as small as $500,000 where the people weren't actually coming over in the deal, just you know the assets of the firm. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that these PE groups make is you know there's rolling out of the red carpet after the transaction closes. A lot of times the key investors you know, will show up to the initial employee meeting and there'll be a big hurrah, make everyone feel good about the future of the combined entities. And then a lot of times the key players, you know, somewhat right off into the sunset, never to be heard of again, or, you know, maybe they're just checking in on board calls, monthly, quarterly check-ins on that type of thing. To me, that's a huge opportunity, you know, in terms of getting these folks to feel comfortable that they do have a future between the combined entities and that, you know, ultimately there's going to be a career path for these folks. So I try to work very closely with the sellers, with the investors to create more of that connective tissue with the acquired entity, you know, so ultimately people are feeling much more engaged, much more comfortable and hopeful about what the future is going to bring under new ownership. Yeah. And I guess that 
if that is done in a good way and so the people are more engaged and perform better and so on, that there's a much greater chance that the VC, the private equity firm, can get their money back out again at a later stage or sell at a higher rate just from a pure balance sheet perspective. Is that right? Yep, 100%. 100%. We ensure that value is created through the management of the talent, not only inside the new group, but the combined entities. Yeah, because I've certainly seen where companies have been taken over or they've merged or divestment as well, but particularly on the merger or takeover, two cultures clashing. And culture is such a big word that it may have no meaning, but in the workplace, it could be just different approaches to performance management, daily check-ins versus the annual performance review, how performance and appraisals taking place, remuneration and benefits. So there's probably quite a lot. I guess that feeds into my question around what are the kinds of challenges and specific issues that you help these companies solve? So, you know, one of the big ones is getting laser focused on the first 90 days following the closing of a deal. I think there's a tendency from the buyers, the investment firm to take somewhat of a prescriptive approach when it comes to culture or to minimize differences between the two entities, right? Like, you know, a lot of times the investment firm will have clearly defined operating principles or their cultural values. And a lot of times in smaller entities, entrepreneurial groups, those things will exist, but maybe they're not as clearly articulated. And you know, I think overall, there's a tendency to say, we're really quite similar here. There's nothing to fear, right? Trying to get all parties comfortable, you know, ultimately with the transaction. Again, those differences are somewhat swept under the rug. And then after the dust starts to settle, you know, the differences really start to emerge and they really start to become somewhat problematic in terms of how the investment firm is trying to, you know, manage their investment. So in my opinion, the best thing to do is to try to get out in front of that, really highlight the similarities and then have a collective and productive discussion you know, certainly with the key players across functional team inside the acquired group to talk about how those things are going to be managed through in terms of some of the difference, the new expectations from the holding firm and, you know, to have a productive conversation around ultimately how the entity will be managed, but specifically to the human capital within that group. What are the new expectations in this new enterprise ultimately? talk through some of those things as opposed to this is the way we do it. This is our expectation of how we're going to to move the business forward now and just expecting there to be somewhat of a capitulation. Try to step in there and create more of a dialogue there to create more of a productive working relationship. Yeah. I like that, that you have to be proactive and not expect that there's a capitulation, as you say, because I've certainly seen that with acquisitions, takeovers, things like that, that the acquired company people, maybe they feel like they've lost, you know, and so there's that whole, this other company's come over and now it's their way or the highway. And so people become demotivated, disengaged, let's face it, turnover goes up. So maybe some of the better people who can find jobs anywhere, they'll think, well, do you know what, this could be a good time for me to move. So you can start to lose some of the good people, which made that acquisition attractive in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So if someone from the PE or VC world is listening to this, or if there's a CEO of a company that's either being acquired, divested, whatever it may be. If they're listening to this and thinking, Joe knows his stuff around 
people operations, strategic, HR management, all that sort of stuff. How do you work with companies to put some of this into action? So one of the first things that I do is survey the lay of the land in terms of the talent team, the HR team specifically. And a lot of times in private equity deals, you know, certainly the first exit of call it an entrepreneur who started a business and grew it from scratch. You know, you're generally looking at organizations with less than a thousand employees, quite often less than 500 employees. So a lot of times, and you know, the old rule of thumb, generally you can expect one HR person for, you know, every hundred employees, if you're lucky. So in an entity of call it 500 employees or less, a lot of times those folks are more administrative or transactional in nature, right? They're helping with benefits administration, onboarding, payroll, talent acquisition. But, you know, a lot of times that first HR executive hasn't actually been hired into that smaller group, that portfolio company, if you will. And if there is a senior HR leader, call it an HR director, they might not have the experience with actually scaling a business and you know, aggressively growing an entity and meeting those higher expectations for a three to five year exit, which is typically the case in the private equity world. So I will, you know, ultimately get involved with the leadership team to make sure that the portfolio group has the appropriate HR leadership. If the right leader is not in place for phase two of the business, then I'll ultimately work with the leadership team to identify that next hire you know, after the business is acquired and in between quite often my team or even myself will fill that leadership gap as the fractional HR leader to ensure there's no disruption to the HR function and the business as it prepares for, you know, scaling and growth and that next phase in its evolution under new leadership and ownership. Got it. Yeah. I was going to ask about that in terms of the actual engagement approach. I'm guessing there's either projects where there's stuff that is discrete or finite that needs to happen, whether it's some sort of review of different company remuneration and benefits to see what sort of crossover there may be. So that's kind of a project, but then you mentioned fractional. So do you do that as well? So fractional chief people officer, what chief HR officer, what does fractional CPO mean to a, a VC or a PE firm? So a lot of times fractional means you want someone who has the CPO, the CHRO experience, but you're not necessarily in a phase where you're ready to commit to that individual full-time on your payroll. So in the fractional model, you know, you're looking for someone who's been there, who's done that, who's worked with private equity and venture capital groups extensively as a full-time CPO, CHRO. But in this case, again, if this is a small to medium-sized business, you know, maybe they really only need this person for one day a week or two days a week. So here at Kits and Human Capital Solutions, we would bridge that gap and come in and be your dedicated resource where maybe we're given your business, you know, call it eight to 24 hours a week, right? Two or three days a week, or maybe it's only one day a week, certain weeks. But in that way, you're benefiting from our expertise, our experience, our ability to bring strategy to the table without having to pay that somewhat hefty salary for a C-suite talent management HR person full time. And sometimes you might have a situation where, you know, the business is a little bit larger and it does need a full time person, but ultimately they need a, 
you know, a full-time or an interim HR executive in place while they're conducting the search for the permanent replacement who will be the go forward HR leader in the business for years to come. And that's another service that we also provide again to stabilize the situation while, you know, the new leadership team is built mm-hmm. out. Excellent. Now I'm um, shifting gears in terms of growing Kitson human capital solutions itself. We didn't really go into your history and stuff, but I know that you've got a wealth of experience in the wealth industry, let's call it, private equity and venture capital and investment banked companies world. So I'm curious as to what are you doing to get the word out there? Is it mostly through that network that you've built up over the years, knowing the industry as well as you do? What are you doing to get the word out there about Kits and HCS? Yeah, so it's definitely been a shifting of gears for me. Yeah, I spent 20 years of my professional career in the corporate track, the traditional corporate track, and been working in private equity since about 2017 now, both on the holding company investment side and inside of individual portfolio companies. So I have built you know, a pretty extensive network within the private equity world, less so in venture capital, but have been leaning into my contacts for sure, engaging in podcasts like this to get the word out there. Certainly have built out a website, you know, joining networking groups writing articles, blogging, all those things that you would expect from, you know, a new business owner who's just starting out. And yeah, LinkedIn has definitely been an incredible resource for me, engaging with new folks on a weekly basis and having conversations around, you know, certainly how we can help one another out in the B2B play. Yeah, it's been very, very busy, but very, very, very productive. Very good. So just for listeners then, could you define or make clear what kind of companies you work with in case they are one of them and could potentially work with you? Or if they think, hang on, I know someone who may need Joe's help because that's that group. So can you just clarify who do you help? Yeah. So, you know, family offices, private equity, you mentioned wealth management, venture capital, any of those businesses that are looking to heavily invest in a smaller group or even a a startup scale up you know, in order to aggressively grow that business. That's really my wheelhouse, Ben, and where I've spent the majority of my career. So again, building leadership teams, creating the HR tech stack within the business that it needs to ultimately scale, be it, you know, refurbishing, upgrade, or even installing applicant tracking systems, learning management systems, you know, within the private equity vertical, I wouldn't say that I'm limited to any particular industry. I've got, you know, very diverse experience in terms of healthcare, manufacturing, skilled trades. I've worked in consumer products, travel and tourism, even apparel. So pretty well-rounded in terms of the types of industries that I can easily plug into and certainly have experience in. Nice. But yeah, high growth situations, small to medium-sized enterprises, companies that are trying to go from, say... 20 to 30 million in revenue to 50 to 100 and beyond. That's where I really insert myself and feel like I can add value and create value for an investor. Excellent. Very good. So where can people find you and learn about Kitson Human Capital Solutions? Yeah, so you can certainly check me out on on my website. I mentioned LinkedIn. I've been very active on LinkedIn here lately as far as content creation and getting the word out there. I'm all over social media at this point as well, kind of just getting started in some of those other channels. But I'd say the easiest way is through the website and reaching out and connecting with me on LinkedIn. Will you just call out the website for us? Yep. It's just Kitson, K-I-T-S-O-N. 
HCS, as in humancapitalsolutions.com. Perfect. Yeah, so if you're listening to this on the go, check the show notes. We'll have the website for Kitson Human Capital Solutions and also we'll have a link to Joe's LinkedIn profile so you can find him there. But it's great what you're doing and you're helping workforces and people either combine or overcome new challenges with what you're doing. So I appreciate that and I wish you all the best for the future. Thanks so much, Ben. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.